welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by uh, by my partner in radio, by my sidekick Barnabas Piper. Um, Big R is out again. Um, he didn't tell us where he was. Can... He didn't tell us where he was going this time. He just said out of town. I think he's tired of us. Uh, he's tired of us goofing on his travels. Yeah, and you know what? I'm kind of tired of goofing on it too. I feel I feel a pang of uh, call it conscience. So uh, I'll assume that Big R is somewhere doing something uh, something great, something worthwhile. Dude, but let, hear this, Pipe. If he uh, if he dropped us so that he could just sit at home and talk into his computer with Trogues on their podcast, uh, I'm going to be really tweaked, man. Well, I think uh, yeah. Well, we know which podcast is more successful at this point, so he would be he would be setting aside the successful one for the uh, whatever that one is, which so, is kind of a hipster move, to be honest, man. It's true. I mean, sort of going away from the corporate for the independents, the uh, that that whole thing it, that. That would yeah, be like fitting. we're the corporate now, you know. We're Oof. the. Are we really? <laughs> no, no <laughs> not in real life. But maybe, maybe in the in the the convoluted mind of a hipster, we we are now corporate. That's true. We'll have to get him to to uh, suss that out next time he's on, if he ever comes back. If he ever comes back, man, we will we'll welcome him back with open arms. You we know, yes, the door is always open. Open at arms, our, open microphone. Yep, Ronnie's welcome open, to come back. Uh, that's we'll just it, put this man. call out for him. Come back to the studio. Big R, wherever you are, I hope you're listening. Come back to us, Ron. Come back. Come back to us, Ron. I love it. Pipe, we've got some business to take care of, man. we got a couple new sponsors on board, Um, one of which I'm excited about. The other of which, i got to be honest, man, I'm a little... little, uh, I'm a little ambiv about, but uh, why don't you tell us who they are? All right. Well, we'll start with the one you're excited about because it's always good to start on a positive note, and that is uh, our, our friends at Olive Tree. Um so Olive Tree is online Bible so- Bible study software. It's especially strong on the mobile side, so using it on iPad and uh, an iPhone. In fact, when I visit my parents, <clears throat> I often come downstairs and I see my dad sitting on the couch reading on his iPad, and he's he's doing his Bible study in Olive Tree. He he loves it for uh, both just for the clean look, the way it can be navigated, but then also the way you can open up passages side by side. You can open up original languages next to English. They have concordances. They have all sorts of stuff there. And then they also have a whole bunch of, uh, of other uh, ebooks and things like that that you can buy through Olive Tree. And unlike some other um, online software, you don't have to buy a massive package all at once. You can buy a la carte. So for some people, that's better because they only want to spend $10 at a time instead of hundreds of dollars at a time. So, uh, so you can do that. And, um, it, it's just, it's olivetree.com. It's really straightforward, really simple. Uh, Ted, you say you use this, right? I do, man. You know what? That's another one of many things I have in, in common with John Piper. You know, I feel like there's so yeah, it's many. a long list. Our, our, our hair, just our, our aesthetic personally, the shows that we watch, you know, yes. the hip hop that we listen to. And, and now the fact that we both do, uh, we both do our morning Bible studies on Olive Tree. I have the app on my iPhone. I absolutely love it. Um, you can pop open commentaries. Uh, I, have, I have Calvin's commentaries that I read alongside my uh, my passages. And uh, yeah, just absolutely love Olive Tree. Love those guys. Um, it's a great company, small company. Uh, customer service is uh, is top notch. So uh, yeah, hustle over to Olive Tree Bible. Is there a little promo code? Pipe? Yep. If uh, if you use the code Rant when you check out, so that doesn't matter if you buy like one ebook or you buy one of their larger software uh, options. Use the code Rant. You'll get a twenty percent discount. So. 
it's a great deal and really straightforward. There's no like buy this much to get this discount. Just use the code RANT, get 20% off. Um, and and that's all through olivetree.com. You can, I think you can go through the app as well. So uh, you can get the app through any mobile device as well. I love it, baby. Well, uh, why, don't, why don't you suss out our second sponsor, man? This one yeah. is sure to get us some uh, – there'll be some interaction about this one. Yeah, if you like Mark Batterson, you're going to love this one. Um, <laughs> no, this is uh, – I, kind of, I kind of feel like I'm stepping up to a challenge here because you set it up so positively. Uh, it is the book <laughs> – it's the book Visioneering. It's a re-release uh, and revised edition of an, a slightly older book, Visioneering by Andy Stanley. And uh, – I think I just heard some retching uh, in the background. If Ronnie was on, I know that I would have just gotten a big sigh. You know what? I was puking about something else in my office. Oh, something okay. else made me throw so, up. Something else made you throw up? Well, that's probably yeah. our first topic. Um, <laughs> so visioneering. So here's, here's what I will say about Andy Stanley. Uh, if you live in the Reformed world, as many of our listeners do, not everybody, we hear often from non-Reformed people. You Which may, is pretty cool, man. Let me yes. just say, like, if, you, if you're not down with – you know, Calvinism, we, we want you on board, man. Yes, we, we love that. Uh, but you, you may have been uh, taught or have come to the conclusion all by yourself, uh, some Calvinists do that, uh, to dislike Andy Stanley and the way he teaches and the way he does church and things like that. And I'll say this. I, I'm okay. I, I get that. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, his leadership stuff, like if you ever hear him talk just purely on leadership, you know, talking about leadership principles, organizational leadership principles, personal leadership principles, that's his strong suit. That's where he's best. Now, mm-hmm. he's also part of the reason why some of our uh, theological brethren think that pragmatism and leadership don't blend with theology because he doesn't really blend the two. <laughs> but this book is a leadership book. It's a book about your personal vision uh, and figuring out – so figuring out what your vision for life is and how to walk it out. So discovering it and then and then enacting it, it's practical. He has a way of creating very practical steps that are memorable so they, they're sticky. They stick in your brain. Uh, he has some great books on communication that I've looked through that are really helpful on that front too. Um, and then also just leadership in different contexts. So this 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 vision context or this vision concept can be brought into the home. It can be brought into a church. It can be brought into a, a business, um, kind of whatever direction it goes. But then being a pastor, he also is conscientious to make sure that this isn't just sort of a chase your dreams thing. It's a, is your vision a godly vision? So he... <clears throat> He does do that, and I know that some people probably think he's incapable of that, and I would venture to say they need to be a bit more gracious. So my pitch for this book is that Andy Stanley on leadership is really good, and so that's the strength of this book, Visioneering, Your Guide to Discovering and Maintaining Personal Vision. Uh, you don't need to worry about his his church leadership. You don't need to worry about his theology or the way that they do things at North Point. This book is a helpful book on the on the leadership and vision side of things. And the newly revised edition drops the day this podcast releases. So, Visioneering, your guide for discovering and maintaining personal vision. Go check it out if you're into leadership books or you're looking for a good one. Um, that is my pitch for it. Did I sell you, Ted? Pipe, that was masterfully done. All right. So you're that, getting it, right? That was so masterfully done. I'm getting it. I'm going to I'm going to order visioneering and I'm going to I'm going to be a visionary. I'm gonna, you're not going to recognize me next week. You're going to have so much personal vision next week. It's you, you might give up the podcast, too. Just like I'm going to have so many ideas. Exactly. I'm going to have bigger ideas. You know, I'm going to redeem the culture in, in 15 different ways next week. Perfect. Uh, Dude, you know what? My only I'll brush with you. Andy Stanley is is as follows. So my my lady used to work in marketing for this company. 
And it was one of these sort of like tangentially Christian companies, but really they sold like widgets uh, for which there was no, there was no like, they weren't Christian or non-Christian widgets. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and not, not sanctified widgets. They weren't sanctified widgets, but uh, yeah, you walk around this company and there's like these framed like Andy Stanley quotes or no, they were, they were scrolling on flat screens. Like flat screens are the new frames. You know what I mean? Well, that makes sense because he always has a flat screen on stage with him when he teaches. Like he's got the – he sits on the stool with the little yeah. sort of cafe table and then he's got the screen which flashes up his – whatever his you know his his punchy, memorable point is that he's – Whatever little through. nugget of wisdom. Yeah. And the nuggets of wisdom were always like kind of vague and indecipherable to me. It was stuff like, you know, be the kind of you that you want other people to see you as, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm walking around, I'm going, I'm, I'm smart. Like, it's I, like, I know it's how to like say if Yoda stuff, smoked, It's like if Yoda smoked weed. Yeah, it's like if Yoda smoked weed and worked at a, and worked at a company. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's, and was like leading meetings. High Yoda in office space. That's Exactly. What, that's what High Yoda. Yeah, baked Yoda in office space. <laughs> we should stop talking. We're going to lose this sponsor. But um, uh, I think this is the only episode they're sponsoring. So, oh, well. Dude, all kidding aside, the, the book does sound intriguing, though. And to be like Andy is a consistent person when it comes to this stuff. So we've had a chance to interact with him, not so much personally as like because I work in leadership stuff for churches. Mm-hmm. He's one of the larger voices. So I've run across more of his stuff in the last couple of years than I ever had previously. And when I've seen what he puts out in terms of leadership and, and encouraging leaders, it is generally pretty strong. Like his talks at Catalyst, when he closes those out or opens those up, are always helpful. And mm. the books reflect that. So yeah. while I don't think I would attend North Point if I lived in the Atlanta area, uh, he is somebody I would go to if I wanted to know kind of how to organize things or or cast a vision or those kinds of things from a leadership perspective. So those, And those two things are not at odds with one another, I don't think. Yeah, well, there you go, man. Uh, Andy Stanley became a topic on the program. Look at today. that. Dude, you know what? I know we have topics that we sussed out in our production meeting this morning, meaning the the three texts that we sent back and forth. It was, but I have a, to, uh, it was a lengthy, a lengthy meeting. A lengthy meeting on the on the flat screen in my studio. Uh, <laughs> I just saw a little item run across the scroll, and that is that our boy Tim Tebow uh, homered in his first at bat in the uh, like I don't know Nicaragua instructional league that he's in. And then he and then he walked on water around the bases. And then he walked on water around the bases. So, pipe, do you have any do you have any uh, response to that? I have such mixed feelings about this because as a sports fan, mm-hmm. it would be pretty incredible to see him succeed at baseball because no, be. because nobody does that. They don't start yeah, yeah. baseball at 29 and become a success. Yeah. As as a fan of the internet and social media, I want him to go away. Yeah, be- of course. Because it, this has already completely destroyed Twitter for me because yeah. – People are breaking it down from a baseball side of things because I'm a bit of a baseball nerd and I follow analysts yeah. and the like. And then people are breaking it down like, and then and then people are responding and they just hate Tebow and you have the Tebow defenders and mm. and it's just it's not to the level of when he was you know the Broncos quarterback say, but it's just yeah. it yeah I don't know I saw it he does not have a very good swing he looks no. like a slow pitch softball player who's just this muscled up monster who right took like some, one of those guys with a, a bat that's made out of like you know, space shuttle titanium yeah. and he carries it in a, in a case and like polishes it up. Yeah. And he the, j- yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, gun guns, the size of my thigh guns, the size of your thighs, wears stirrups for no yeah, reason has, has a cooler full of muscle milk, um, has a cooler full of muscle milk, wears a pair of Oakley's 
Yeah. You know? Oh, exactly. And which, when he's taking batting practice, he uh, he wears his hat backwards, and oftentimes yeah. uh, he will actually hang the glasses backwards on his hat as well. Um, dude, okay. If it's cloudy. I, I, I'm I'm really glad you mentioned that, dude. I I do not get, and I see these guys who they they wear their glasses on the back of their head or on the back of their hat, like they just rest them there. And I'm yeah. like, what is this? Yeah, I don't I don't quite understand that. It feels. Um, Feels counterproductive to me since those are sunglasses and the eyes are in the front of your head. That's, I mean, it's a, uh, that's a total bro move. Like, if yeah. those are, those are bros. That's a, Dude, that but they're is, not real bros. They're like, like 40 year old bros. You right. know what I mean? Well, they're, yeah, they're washed up bros. They're no. washed up bros. These are guys with like barbed wire tattoos left over yeah, from yeah. the 90s. Exactly. You know, they're Gen X bros. They're Gen X bros. Yeah, exactly. And that's, well, Tim Tebow's real close to that, except uh, he's still a good <laughs> athlete and he's only 29. Dude, what kind of a bro is Tebow going to be in another 10 years, man? That's fascinating to think about, isn't I don't, it? He's he's either going to be like a uh he's either going to be on TBN. Oh wow. Or or he's just going to go off the deep end. Yeah. Well, I hope he doesn't go off the deep end. I hope so too. Like I mean, I should say I hope not as well. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. I don't want that to happen. I just Right. The the uh, the scrutiny and the pressure on that guy. I feel like there's going to come a breaking point. He's either going to roll all the way into like TV preacher, or he's, yeah. he's rolling all the way the other direction. Dude, that's crazy, man. That's a really interesting uh, piece of insight. We'll have to uh, we'll have to keep our eye on that. Well, speaking of of things that make the internet a more or less pleasant place to be, specifically <laughs> less pleasant. Um, I feel like last week is a week where I, I broke like a personal you know, ethic or rule of mine. And I, I, I read, I don't know. I read a few pieces of like pushback from people. Um, one of which you sent along another of which, uh, I made the mistake of reading a review, um, of, of our new book, Bridezilla. And, um, it was the wrong review to read. I'll just put it that way. And, um, and I had another, another situation that I want to suss out with you, but, uh, but the topic is how do you respond? What's the etiquette in responding to like internet critics? Yeah, and, so this this is not like the necessarily the Twitter troll who just blown up your feed. This is somebody who like writes a review or contacts you with somebody who a contacts you, criticism. somebody who sends you an email. Yeah. So, dude, let me run this scenario by you, and then we'll talk about the email that we got. But uh, so a few years ago, I did a book on Robert Griffin the Third, uh-huh. um, which if you read it, and there aren't many people who did, so I'll just I'll just caveat it with that. But the first couple chapters, I was basically like, this kid is twenty one years old, so don't take any spiritual like takeaway or leadership from this kid. Like this is a football story. If you're into football, if you like Baylor, if you like Robert Griffin, buy the book, enjoy the book. But, but if you're reading this as like a, a, an inspirational like gospel story, like don't read it that way because that's not what it is. Did you write it after his rookie year for the Redskins? I wrote it during his rookie year. So it was the kind of thing like they read the publisher reached out to me like week four of his rookie season. It was nuts, man. And uh, and I wrote it and I turned it in before the playoffs were even over. So, I mean, it was a really turn and burn kind of project. And Robert Griffin, of course, has um, has, you know, had troubles in his relationship, troubles on the field, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I had this dude and it was really it was nicely worded and nicely said. Um, but he sent me an email and he's like, basically, don't you feel like an idiot for doing a book on what a great Christian Robert Griffin the third is and like. You know, don't you wish you could take that back? And I'm just like, not really. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> it was a football book. It was fun and, and it fed my family for a while. So I'm thankful for it. But 
I, I didn't respond to the guy because I literally didn't know what to say. I mean, like it, it, it's almost like he just wanted to point out how badly Robert Griffin has done for the last few years, which is something that uh, I kind of knew about anyway. So I didn't respond. Sometimes I don't respond. I don't know what the etiquette is there, Pipe. I I only respond if it feels like somebody's asking an honest question. Yeah. Like if somebody sends me this and say, hey, when you wrote this, I didn't understand what you meant or I was bothered because it sounded like this. And they, they have a tone of I would like to interact in a yeah. – you know, In a conciliatory kind of way. Humble. Yeah. Like they're right. not attacking. They they may take issue with something. I have no problem with people disagreeing. You know, Not a huge mm. fan of being attacked. But yeah. – um, but if if it's just sort of a like that sounds sort of passive aggressive what you just mm-hmm. said you know so it's sort of like the you word it nicely and whatever but really you're just trying to criticize more or less yeah you know and then we got the email after the uh, podcast last week so we we talked about uh, worship in weird contexts and I used the term whiplash how it feels really weird to like go from singing, you know, my Jesus, I love thee to talking, you know, bottom line budgets in yeah, 35 yeah. seconds. And, uh, we, we got a very angry email from a former pastor's kid, um, who suggested that, what did he call us? Um, that we see. could repeat. Uh, he, yeah, I can. I mean, he, he called us some, some not very nice names that he rhyme, was in his, you know, face. He was, that in, he was in his like, bird. he was in his like experimenting with, with profanity face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh yeah, and he so he called us he called us one word that rhymes with a bird that swims and another word that uh that is a bird that is a a male chicken. And mm. so we we got called both of those. Uh and then he basically said that we're soft and need to get real jobs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um doesn't really clearly know what any of us have done. I uh, can't speak for whether Ronnie is soft because Ronnie's more patient than either of us and didn't actually respond to this email. He just told Dude, us in to fact, chill out. Ronnie's response to us made me feel like a horrible person. <laughs> well, Did because, it you? Uh, yes, a little bit because <laughs> because he told us to uh, not be so defensive. Yeah, which I didn't need to be told that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm. I. This. It, I didn't think you were being super defensive because you didn't respond to the guy. You just sort of kept it in-house. Yeah, yeah. But so Ted essentially basically was like, I've worked this hard in this context. And then I came back and said the same thing, you know, like, oh, I have worked two jobs for 10 years and and this yeah. and that and the other thing, including manual labor and different things, as right. you have done. And then Ronnie told us both to stop being defensive. Um, <clears throat> but this is not the kind of email that needs to be responded to, especially because – he didn't give us an actual criticism. He basically just said, if you guys are so upset with the church, why don't you leave? And I was like, well, I think you're reading your upsetness into our humor. We yeah. point out things about the church that maybe we find annoying, yeah. but mostly that we think are worth laughing at. Absolutely. And, and we both love the church, right. man. We're both like – We both write for it. We both speak yeah. at it. We both are members of it. I work in a job every day where my goal is to help it. You work with – in a Christian college that is seeking to put believers into the world doing good work. And Absolutely. uh so yeah, he he didn't seem to get us. Um but this is not the kind of thing that needs a response. For whatever reason it got under my skin and I think it's just sort of the male ego of feeling like somebody called me soft. And, Dude, I know, right? I wanted, that, that was it I for wanted, me too. Like to be frank, you, I wanted to fight him. Right. Like if you don't like the show, don't like the show. But yeah. don't call me soft. Like you know nothing about me. Yeah. You know? And I I kinda wish I had Ronnie's like, eh, whatever about Dude, this. Dude, I know. Because, oh, I wish that a lot, actually. Because that would that would have been a much better uh, emotional response for me. 
I'd, I'd love to spend a day as Ronnie, you know? I'll say this about the guy who sent us this. Uh, yeah. I, I, I looked up his website because just from his email domain. So okay. he's a construction worker. Yeah. He, he does really good work. He's a, a construction worker with a website? Well, he, he's like a builder. He builds, oh, a builder, he builds okay. Stuff, and he's, uh, he builds some really nice places, so uh, like like homes and things. So I was – And he uh, writes a, a really lovely email too. Yeah, he's Maybe not, he should stick to building homes. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, but to the question of the etiquette, like I don't – I don't think that critics deserve responses – if they are only criticizing, if yeah. there is a critical, like if it's critical from the perspective of like academic criticism or, or critical thinking with honest questions and a conciliatory tone, absolutely engage those people. Yeah. Uh, but if it's just somebody like this who wants to call us names and then rant about how angry he is, yeah. um, I'm, I don't know what good would have come out of responding or in your case, the sort of semi uh, self-righteous pompous kind of thing. That did, that also doesn't understand the nature of the book. Like that's another thing is if somebody just comes at you and criticizes and you're like, I didn't even write that. Like you weren't writing Robert yeah. Griffin's life story being like, end of story. He's done at 22. Yeah, he's an amazing Christian, you know, at 22. Yeah, forever. I yeah, mean, I mean I get where the guy was coming from and he and again, he was really nice. But but yeah, I just I thought about it for a couple of days and I'm like, there's really nothing to say here. And like I don't want to get into some – I don't have time for some long deep dialogue about it. I, any, um, anybody who is engaging – if, if you're a writer, so you're writing journalistic pieces, you're writing uh, culture pieces, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a podcaster, so you're just talking about things, you will make a point based on what is true today that yeah. stops being true tomorrow and then you look like a moron in three days. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've written pieces about – I think I wrote a piece about Joe Paterno one time. Mm, I've and, done the same thing, and man. And then Joe Paterno and the whole Penn State thing blew up, and I go back and yeah. look. I'm like, that still lives on the internet. I hope nobody finds it. Dude, um, right. I know. And, you know, and, and I've written really positive pieces about, say, Steph Curry. Well, yeah. Steph Curry's young. He could be. He could do something right. really dumb in the next two years, and, and every right. positive thing I've ever said or written will sound wrong. And that's – it's true in the church. You know, there's a lot of people who liked a lot of pastors who did a lot of dumb stuff, and now they're sure. like – do you feel guilty for liking them? No, you shouldn't. Because right. based on what you knew at the time, right. it was all good. Exactly. And just exactly. as you and Robert Griffin. Yeah, and and you know what? We're still invited and welcome to appreciate his game and appreciate what he brings to the to the field theoretically when he gets healthy. So you I know. really wanted him to be good for the Browns Dude, this year. And I realize that's like that's almost an oxymoron, good for the Browns, but Dude, you know what? I felt exactly the same way because I thought it would make for a more interesting and fun NFL, to be honest. And I, uh, I you know, I, I thought Hugh Jackson was gonna be a good coach for them, and I, I yeah. hoped that Griffin could just like not be a star, but just be like make the occasional play, be a solid quarterback, and then he what, he hurt his knee or his yeah. hip or something and he's out for yeah. the year, and I was like, Ugh. Just stink, to put the Browns back on the Browns. map, yeah, yeah. just to make the Browns relevant again. Like I remember, it was fun in the in the you know the late eighties and the nineties when Marty Schottenheimer was there. They were playing Marty Ball and like passing the ball four times a game with yeah. with Bernie Kosar and and hitting people with Ernest Biner and yeah, Kevin the Mack. Ernest Biner years. Although Browns fans are cringing because of the Biner fumble and the Elway drive and all that. Those are good years, though, man. Those are good, good years. Teams. Back in the old uh, back in the old Cleveland Stadium yeah. and. Yeah, always a muddy field, always cold. Those were uh, those were fun Browns teams. Indeed. Well, dude, let's talk about something else fun, man. And uh, our, our time is drawing short here. I, I've always got coaching on Wednesday afternoon, but um, let's talk about the Marvel phenomenon. This is this is <laughs> yes. one that, like, again, in the the hallowed halls of of academia where I teach, I, I run into a lot of kids who are uh, 
who are really about the Marvel thing. And um, I have to be honest, man, I've seen some of these superhero movies. I couldn't tell you which ones are Marvel and which ones are <laughs> what's the other one there. Is there some like competing thing with Marvel? Yeah, uh, I paint DC Comics. So DC I, Comics, I, I don't, Marvel. I don't I'm not a DC guy in general. They they tend to not be as interesting. So Dude, will you tell me just in brief, like what what superheroes are, are we working with with DC and which ones are Marvel? Well, the biggest DC ones are going to be like um, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman. I'm sure there's a yeah. bunch of others. Uh, listeners, uh, comic book nerds, by all means, tweet at us, email us, Facebook us, fill us in on DC Comics. I don't pay a lot of attention to them. And then Marvel is is the Avengers. So you've got Captain America, you've got Iron Man, you've got Thor, you've got the Incredible Hulk, um, Spider Man, um, and some Dude, others. Now I'm all about I'm all about Iron Man and Thor. Yeah, Thor for reasons like man crush reasons, like yes. hair reasons, <laughs> and Iron, Iron Man, Man because, because he's a, hilarious. Yeah, Iron Man because he's hilarious. Like a truly great story, great character. Yeah. Um, totally down with with Iron Man and Thor. Well, here's Dude. here's what I love about Marvel, and this is yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of nerd out story wise here. Do it. Hollywood is stale and boring. Generally yep. speaking, these days, not a lot of original stories, uh, not no interesting worlds being created. It's it's yep. all remakes of other junk, and uh, and just sort of, you know, how many times can Liam Neeson's kids get uh, get uh, abducted, abducted, yep. and then he has to go use his very special set of skills and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what what's fascinating about Marvel is that it's actually a Marvel universe and they've, they've threaded together these different stories and it's not perfectly done, but you have Netflix original series like daredevil and Jessica Jones and uh, both of which were excellently done. And those are way grittier. Like they're, they're kind of the R rated version. And then they Netflix by the time this releases will, uh, will have just released the, the season of Luke cage, which I'm very excited about, which is kind of a spinoff of Jessica Jones or not a spinoff, but he was introduced in that series. And then you've that would got look sweet man. That's a Netflix thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then and then they've got uh, Agents of Shield, which is a network television show, and it has more of a little bit more of that campy network television feel. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the movies, which are all successful blockbusters. So you have the individual ones of of Thor and Iron Man, etc. And then you have the Avengers, so where they're all kind of in the same thing, and they're all telling and kind of functioning on the same timeline with the same stories. And there's there's some overlap where all of a sudden, like Ant Man drops into uh, Avengers and and so on. And that's fascinating storytelling because you know they have they have some hidden lab somewhere where this stuff is storyboarded out. Mm. and it's it's intricate and it's and then it's almost all well written yeah and they're yeah. all entertaining i i think i'm trying to think of marvel movies that i've seen that i thought were duds dude and, now i think captain america is a dud but captain uh, america is a dud because captain america is a boring character dude he is a manifestly boring person like but, i would not want to spend any time with captain america but here's the thing about captain america that makes him interesting in that world is that he's the he's a great like foil for That's iron true. man and some of these others because he's like this g willikers wholesome guy and then you have like <laughs> the the billionaire playboy uh smart aleck over here and they it, they go well together but but captain america by himself is a little bit like he's I don't know. I guess he's eye candy for the ladies, but uh Dude, let me let me ask you this, man. If if this podcast were to be turned into a Marvel comic by <laughs> by one of our by one of our comic book nerd listeners, which if you're out there, uh th- this is me commissioning you to do this. Oh yes, that'd be um, amazing. We, we need 
a Happy Rant Marvel comic adaptation. Yes. Um, wh- which character would you be, Pipe? And wh- who would Ronnie be? And who would I be? Well, <clears throat> let's see. Iron Man is my favorite. Like, if I was going to pick one, I would want to be Iron Man. Dude, I see you as an Iron Man. A little cynical, you know? Yeah, and like I, I'm not... I don't have any superpowers, but I, I put me in an iron suit that can blow stuff up, and I'm, I, I'll take somebody on. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, and this is the other one who's very amusing is Ant Man. Okay. Because he, Paul Rudd played the character. I don't know if you ever saw Ant Man, but it's another. Dude, but I real, love Paul Rudd. I real seen dry Ant-Man. sense of humor. It's like Paul Rudd at his best. They put him right in his lane, where nice. he's 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 an you know sort of he's like an honest criminal. Yeah, and uh, but also a, a, he's hilarious and, and funny, and uh, so I think those two would be my my if I could pick who would Ronnie be like? Dude, I don't even know, man. See, Ronnie is like Bruce Banner, but he okay. doesn't but he doesn't have a Hulk side. Yeah, he's like Bruce Banner if Bruce Banner just remained a scientist. <laughs> yeah, if he was just a genius scientist, if, who was if he just went chill. to the lab every day and yeah. went home, you know. And then, and went on a conference every two weeks. To be honest, Ronnie's personality is closer to like the Paul Rudd Ant Man, where it's sort of it's dry, it's subtle, it's pretty laid back. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. really flip out and and get angry, and he you know not real aggressive. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And then I think you you're like a cross between like the uh, I don't know like who because you 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 have the Thor hair. Yeah. Um. But Thor's sort of like an over-the-top, bombastic guy, and you're clearly yeah, not Yeah, I'm not that. bombastic. I'm- Dude, you know how I, how I always see myself is uh, sort of like a Bruce Wayne, man. Like, you take away all the money. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes I go into the cave and I get all morose and glum. <laughs> and then I occasionally come out and do something do something pretty good. But then I go back into the cave again. Yeah, you know? I can see that. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, – that's that's not Marvel though. I think that's DC. So oh, is that DC? Yeah. So Shoot, you're like the counterculture. I um, am. Yeah, and and the new Batman, like you can't make Ben Affleck tough. Sorry, guys. Ben Affleck is a completely unconvincing tough guy. So, dude, now was, see, I like I like some Ben Affleck, man. Have you seen The Town? Have you seen the movie The Town? I like Ben Affleck in certain roles, but he yeah. he he is he has a very small bullseye. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it right. has to be sort of that like smirking, sardonic, uh, <laughs> like he can be tough, but he can't be a tough guy. You yeah, know? like I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit worried about this movie. There's a movie coming out called The Accountant, which okay. looks like it should be amazing. Yeah, you know, right, sort of man. Like I saw spot, the, I saw the ad for that. But it's him as like this disaffected like super killer. Yeah, I'm like that's that's a Jeremy Renner role. That's a Tom Hardy role. Like, dude, it is because Renner and Hardy, man, you could see them being a little crazy, like just yeah. unhinged. Christian you know? Bale could play that. Like, totally. There's, those guys, I, I think I would be slightly nervous to meet them in real life because they they might bite me or something. Exactly. Whereas I feel like Affleck is just sort of a he just wants to be liked. He's just everybody's buddy. Dude, he's a bro. He's kind of a '90s bro. Yeah, he. You know. Yeah, he's uh he's. He's one barbed wire tattoo short of being a 90s bro. <laughs> I love it, man. I wonder how close Affleck was to getting a barbed wire tattoo in the 90s. You know what? I bet he was about to get one, and then they got that Oscar for Goodwill Hunting. He's like, no, you know <laughs> Matt what? Matt Damon was like, it. dude, don't do it. It's going to ruin your career. Matt Damon was like, dude, you're an artist now, man. You can't get a barbed wire <laughs> tattoo. Pipe, I got I to gotta be honest. I was close to getting a barbed wire tattoo in the 90s. Would what would you have just turned it into like a crown of thorns later or something or what? I guess man, but I don't know. It's like a, it's like a white football player, especially if you play defense in the nineties. Oh, yeah. 
Almost everybody had a barbed wire tattoo. Oh you yeah, know? one of my favorite football players in in that era was uh, well, it might have been early two thousands. Was a defensive tackle for the Vikings named Chris Hovan. Dude, Chris Hovan was sweet man. And he was Love so he's like a super pasty Irish looking guy with red hair. But, yeah, it was like a ginger man, like crazy ginger. But like, but he was a defensive tackle, so massive arms and yeah. And I think yeah. he had multiple strands of barbed wire around both arms. And I thought that was super tough back back in. Dude, those yeah, days. I think he started with a barbed wire tattoo, and then and then in the late nineties, it became like a tribal tattoo was the thing to get. <laughs> and then it became like the yeah, like the Viking arm band, which is like because you're like ah, we gotta hide this. How do we do this? Oh, let's go yeah. intri- intricate uh, intricate metalwork tattoo. So, so you you grew up in the suburbs of you know like Carmel, Indiana. You have nothing to do with tribes. There's you you've never interacted with a tribe anywhere. You're all to, of a sudden. To be fair, that's like, true of most Caucasians. Anywhere. I think it is, man. I think it is for sure. Um, to pipe any bad '90s tattoos that you were tempted to dabble in. Oh, let's see. I think the uh, there was a there was an era when the Celtic cross. Like mm-hmm. that sort of Celtic knot cross, thing. absolutely. And so, like on the kind of the wrist. Boondock Saints motif. Yes, exactly. Know. Yeah, it was yeah. it was very Boondock Saintsy. Uh, yeah. That was one that I was legitimately tempted to get. Like the barbed yeah. wire, I was never really tempted, mainly because I don't have impressive guns, and I feel like that's the rule. Like you have to have muscles that deserve the tattoo. Uh, but dude, the- a barbed wire tattoo around a skinny arm is actually kind of a funny concept. Though. <laughs> it's like a hanging. It's like a hanging barbed wire on a peg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You make it droop a little bit. Yeah, you, you actually know? have to get the tattoo of the nail and the barbed wire hanging on it. <laughs> I love but it. The, no, the Celtic cross one, and it's not a terrible tattoo, but it's dated. Like you look at it, you're like, oh, I know when you got that. Like I could peg the, the dude. The, I could peg the, the year. I, I could. Yeah. I could say what you were listening to when you got that. Yeah, you were listening to like Tool or Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> you know. Yeah, system of a down. I'm trying to think what what else what other tattoos. Uh, I know a lot of guys who got like they would get like their football number tattooed on their ankle. I'm like, man, what if, what if you change jerseys? You know, like what if they move you to like free safety next season? And and you or know. yeah, you you uh, you get a little you're a tight end, you get a little bit fat, and all of a sudden you're playing left guard and you're number 67 instead of uh, 80. That happened to whatever. so many guys, man. Yeah, you got that 88 tattooed on your ankle, and it looks sweet when you were a tight end, but you know. Yeah, now it just looks like some. Yeah, what I mean is it like the year you were born? Like what is exactly? That? Exactly. I don't know, man. Any, Pipe, uh, did you do you have any tattoos? I have zero tattoos. Do you? I have one tattoo, and it's uh, it just says "I believe, help my unbelief," and it's in sort of like a a, a script font on my forearm. So, dude, that's sweet, man. I not, like the forearm tattoo actually. Yeah, it's that's not a, era a, specific, and you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell. Uh, you wouldn't be able to tell when I got it, and it's and the font is like handwriting enough that people think it's in Arabic. Because hey, let, me, let me ask you this, man, vis-a-vis that tattoo. Uh, what was John Piper's reaction when when you rolled up your sleeve the first time around the house and he, he saw has it? he has not mentioned it in the four years I have had it. That's so funny, man. That's how KK's parents dealt with her her nose piercing, like just to pretend that it didn't exist. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, non-acknowledgement I think is is in and of itself a certain kind of acknowledgement. Yeah, it's a it is a it is a very passive uh expression of disapproval but very non-confrontational which means he's trying hard not to be judgmental. Yeah, what that says is Barnabas, I know you're a man. I know you can make your own decisions. I don't approve of this. Uh I wouldn't have I wouldn't have advised you to do it, but you know, I'm not going to say anything. And I yes, I appreciate the fact that I have three older brothers, so my parents learned a thing or two about how not to uh, not to insert themselves into my decisions. So 
I, Dude, they, that's great. They may have my older brother. My oldest brother had his had an ear piercing back when that was a thing. So just the one yeah. ear pierced. Yeah. And uh, I don't think my parents were super geeked up about that in the late nineties. I bet they weren't, man. So what? He went to the mall. He went to like Mall of America there in Minneapolis. <laughs> he went to like Claire's. As he a went to Claire's. He got the got the ear pierced. <laughs> bought like a two dollar set of earrings and yep. off he goes. <laughs> that's right. That's funny, man. So funny, dude. I miss. I miss that. I miss the nineties. Like. <laughs> Uh, affectations that we had. I wonder what people will be talking about about this era. Skinny jeans. Yeah, I feel like it's all it's all stuff you wear, you know, yeah. or the razor cut part, you know, all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, it hairstyles, skinny jeans. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I could see people laughing at like the chambray shirts. I'm wearing one right now, and so I don't, I don't, I think they're they're fine. But like they are, they're such a distinct era because they came in just a, you know a few years ago, and they're gonna go out. Like yeah. nobody's gonna wear these in a couple of years. Dude, I wear those. I got a closet full of those. Oh, they're comfortable as I'll get out. They're like flannels except lighter. Dude, that's it, man. And if you live in a hot climate like we do, you're you're not rocking the flannel. And they don't know? they don't show sweat very much either if it's uh, if it's a little warm outside. Exactly. It's a nice versatile shirt, man. You can wear it at the office, you can wear it in real life, you know. It serves a lot of purposes. So, chambray shirt dealers if you're out there, we could use a sponsorship. That's right. Dude, I'm any you know, Christian you know chambray. I'm, you know what I'm looking for in a sponsor pipe? What's that? Some nice, like, free stuff. You know what I mean? Some stuff we can enjoy. Yeah, I mean, we got some free stuff from Mission Aware, but none of it was branded uh, Happy Rant. Now, I did just get an email from uh, from them saying they're talking about some some Happy Rant branded swag. Like, re- he listed legitimate products. I'm not going to list what they are because I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun for him. But yeah. just as a general teaser, there's a good chance there's uh, there's some of that coming. And Dude, uh, I feel like he's been teasing us with that for years, man. Let's let's show me the swag. You know, <laughs> show me the swag. Show me the swag. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited about that, man. I'm. Uh, I, I would be stoked to get a box of of Happy Rant branded swag. Um, I feel like that's next level for us as a company, man. Yeah, I think uh, once once your logo is on on a uh, on a product, not just yeah. on a website, then then you exist. You exist. It's on a product. You could you could see somebody like at the at the mall wearing a Happy Rant t shirt. You know. Oh, absolutely. Give not little, at the give not little, at the mall uh, probably, but maybe head nod when you go by. It probably yeah. at a coffee shop. Maybe at church, yeah. There you go. Home homeschool co op. A homeschool co op that would be exciting, man. Well, you and I have to start hanging around homeschool co ops. <laughs> Try not to get arrested. Yeah, see, see if we can catch a <laughs> glimpse of our logo on a t shirt. If Missional Wear ever makes them, and it stops talking about it, starts making. So, uh, you, so there you, you have go. Laid down the gauntlet. Let's see if they come through for us, dude. I've laid down the gauntlet like fifteen times on my <laughs> other podcast, man. It, it's it's to no avail, but you know yeah. they're they're good guys over there. They're trying. So, Pipe, we have uh, we have wandered to and fro, man, as we always do uh, on this program. I've enjoyed it. Uh, listeners, I hope you have, too. Um, we have been conspicuously silent about Live in Louisville because I feel like it, it probably isn't going to happen. Am I right on that, Pipe? I think it's going to happen. I think we're, we're rearranging dates. It's getting pushed a little bit back. Here's the deal with that, listeners, is that yeah. uh, Ronnie, being the excellent pastor that he is, his church— decided to plant another church and so he has some additional responsibilities so we're trying to find a weekend date that works for him yeah so we're the original date was like the one weekend that he's not at a conference that he was actually going to preach at his new church was actually yeah exactly it was going to be it was going to be a weekend he had to be back so we are still figuring out how to make this happen there are going to be some adjustments to dates we're still looking at louisville but we're not sure of the date it will likely be early november uh but don't like write that in pencil don't write that in pen yeah. 
How about this? How about instead of all of our listeners doing Thanksgiving with their families, we just do it over Thanksgiving? Dude, I, I'm down with that. Thanksgiving I'm down is, with that too, man. Thanksgiving's a lot of work. If everybody just brings like one dish, there'll be more food than anybody can handle, and it's a lot less cooking for everybody. Dude, what about that? Like a giant Thanksgiving live in Louisville potluck, man. Dude, that would be amazing, and then you wouldn't have to deal with relatives either. Dude, that'd be unbelievable. So we And we put up a big, big screen, man. We can watch yes. football after we tape. I would dig that. Genius. I love it. It is genius, man. We should man. totally make it happen. I, I feel like people's familial obligations would, would get in the way, but... Nah, whatever, man. Family's not that important, you um, know? Yeah, agreed. I wrote a whole book about that. You know, don't <laughs> idolize the family. Come to Live in Louisville for Thanksgiving. <laughs> there you go. Give you something to be thankful for. Absolutely. Pipe, we've wandered to and fro, man. Until next time, Rachel Held Evans. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.